Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. The Bible teaches us to enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. I sense that we are in the courts of the Lord right now. That we are in His presence. Because that's what we've been doing today. Well, before I begin, I just uh, feel like that the men of the church who are ready and willing should join me at the altar as we bow down before the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're visiting with us, please join us. Hallelujah. We're just going to get on our knees before the Lord. Hallelujah. Hmm. Praise the Lord. I don't think we're going to make it all the way to the front, guys. So just wherever you are, we'll just bow down. Lift your voices with me as we ask God's presence to fill this place. Father, in that name which is above every name, that name before which one day heaven and earth will bow, but we will not wait for that day. We do it now. We willingly and humbly uh, bow before you right now. Father, we ask now that you would look with grace and mercy upon us. Open the windows above us this morning. We pray that the windows of heaven will be open. That you will pour out your mighty blessings. That you will give revelation in this house this morning. That you will fill my mouth with your words. That you will take away and add to those words according to your will. Father, we ask now that you would move in this house this day here at River of Life. But Father, we know we're not alone. We know there are pastors and churches all over this nation that are seeking your face. We ask God that you would bless them. That this Lord's Day would be a day of great outpouring. That the mercy and grace of God would touch your people and revive your people. That this nation might be revived again. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. And we ask that you forgive us. And right now, Father, we ask that every spirit that opposes, every obstacle, every attack of the enemy, every seducing, uh, distracting spirit would be driven from this house in the name of Jesus. And that the Holy Spirit would rule and reign in this house from this moment on. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. By the way, for those of you who were here last Sunday, you'll know what this is all about. Two different people have brought me bottles of water this morning. 
So I have my own bottle. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want to continue on the subject that we started last week on the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. I have uh, been searching the scriptures and am amazed and overwhelmed at what I'm reading right out of God's word on the subject of the fear of God. We find in the Bible that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's Psalm 111 verse 10. We find in Proverbs 1.7 that it is the beginning of knowledge. We find in Proverbs 9.10 it is the beginning of understanding. And we find in Proverbs 16.6 that by the fear of the Lord one departs from evil. Now I ask you this morning, could you find a subject much more important than that in God's Word? Amen. The beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of understanding, and by the fear of the Lord one departs from evil. Well, uh, because of the way the Lord brought this subject to me, and those of you who were here last week, you remember me telling the story, uh, and I encourage you, if you were not here, to pick up that uh, recording or go to our podcast, and you can listen to it. But I started thinking about my own life, my whole Christian life, from the beginning to this very day. And what I realized, to the best of my knowledge, to the best of my remembrance, no one ever taught me the fear of the Lord. No one ever taught me the fear of God. When I was 17 years old, I was told that God loved me and that He sent His Son to die on a cruel cross for my sins. And if I would repent of my sins and invite Jesus to come into my heart, He would save me. He did. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I got saved. And, and it was absolutely wonderful. From the very beginning, at 17 years old, I was taught uh, to study the Word and to obey His commandments. And I, I praise God for that. I was taught right at the beginning of my Christian life that I should have a quiet time and that I should spend time in prayer. And I, and I was taught the importance of tithing and trusting God with my finances. And what a great blessing that has been. And I praise God for that. I, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that from the beginning of my Christian life, I received some sound and biblical teachings that have made a difference throughout my whole life. But what I was not taught in the beginning was the fear of the Lord. Not like the Bible teaches it. That was when I was 17. When I turned 19... I started growing in grace. I started growing in the Lord. Those first couple years, it was kind of a struggle. It was a complete new experience for me. And I floundered a little bit, as many Christians do. But when I turned 19 years old, I started growing in grace. And again, I was under some sound and wonderful and biblical teachers. And I was taught to listen for the voice of the Lord. Let God speak to you. It's still amazing to me to this very day that God would want to speak to me individually. Or that He would want to speak to you individually. But God does. Jesus said, my sheep know me and they hear my 
voice. And I was taught to listen for the voice of the Lord. And I was taught faithfulness. And I was taught early on that you serve the Lord and you are to be faithful to the Lord when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. You serve the Lord. Nineteen years old, I was taught to share my personal testimony. I was taught to memorize the plan of salvation so that I could be a soul winner. I was taught to serve the Lord and to minister to others who did not know the Lord. And I got to tell you, Many of those teachings are still extremely foundational with me right now. And I just praise God for that. I praise God for that. But I was not taught the fear of the Lord. When I turned 20 years old, I preached my first sermon. I joined a group of young people, and we had what we called a youth ministry in those days. And we ministered in our home church and we ministered in many, many other churches that would give us an invitation. And we would sing and we would testify. And many times I would be the featured speaker. And I, I look back on those days. They were wonderful days. But I knew nothing about the fear of God. And I didn't know how to teach it or preach it. At 22 years old, I was in Bible college. I had uh, received the call into the ministry, and I was in Bible college preparing uh, for the ministry. And boy, did I get taught some stuff there. Man, it was profound. I, I, I was taught hermeneutics. That's the study of the interpretation of God's Word. I was taught homiletics. That's the study of preparing and delivering a sermon or writing out a sermon. I I was taught soteriology, which is the doctrine of salvation. I was taught Christology, which is the study of the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. I was taught eschatology, uh, the study of the end times. I've never used those in a sermon, and so I wanted to use them to impress you just a little bit. And, And... and I, I was, I was taught many other things that had these big names, these big labels. And I thank God I, for that. I wouldn't take anything for that training. How important it has been for my whole life. But I never had a class on the fear of God. I was never taught the importance of fearing God, not like the Bible teaches. I've asked some of some other ministers, I've asked some other people about their experience, and I've received the same response from others. Not much emphasis on the fear of God. Hear it mentioned occasionally, hear it maybe in a sermon, hear somebody refer to it, But never a time when it was the focus. Never a time when it was given the high priority that the Scripture gives it. The fear of God. So what if I were to walk up to you after the service, and I were to ask you, who taught you the fear of God? Give me the person's name. Give me the pastor's name. Uh, Give me the teacher's name. Who disciplined you? Who discipled you in the fear of God? And some of you, a few of you, one, two, five, ten of you may be, may be able to give me a name. But most of you are in the same boat I'm in. 
No one ever taught you the fear of God. And and so I'm just asking this question. If it is the beginning of wisdom, if it is the beginning of knowledge, if it is the beginning, the beginning of understanding, if by fear one departs from evil, the fear of God, And on and on the Scriptures, there are dozens and dozens of these statements. And maybe we'll look at uh, some more of these in the days to come. But if it's that important, I'm trying to figure out how it could be that the church and schools place so little of an emphasis on something that's so important. The fear of God. How is that possible? Well, friends... It shouldn't be. That shouldn't be the way it is. Psalm 34, 8 through 11 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Verse 9, Oh, fear the Lord His saints. There is no want to those who fear Him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Come and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Somebody should have taught you the fear of the Lord. Praying is a major, major deal. And we we should place more emphasis on prayer, not less. Reading your Bible is a major deal. And we should place more emphasis on it, not less. Witnessing is a major deal. We should place more emphasis on it, not less. But I'm telling you that we should have been taught the fear of God. Equally important is all these other things. Your parents should have taught you the fear of God. Your early Bible study teachers and preachers should have taught you the fear of God. I should have been teaching you the fear of God. If we believe what the Bible is telling us. Now, Luke 1.50 says, And His mercy is on those who fear Him from generation to generation. By the way, a trivia question. Who do you think said those words? Mary, the mother of Jesus, said those words. And His mercy is on those who fear Him from generation to generation. Do you understand what that means? From generation to generation. Do you understand? From one generation to the next generation to the next generation, the mercy of the Lord is on those who fear Him. That means that this is a truth that does not change. It means that if you want the mercy of God upon you, you have to fear Him. Do you understand? This is something that does not change. It wasn't one way at one time and now it changes. This is from generation to generation. It wasn't one way in the Old Testament and now a new way in the New Testament. The fear of the Lord is on those, I mean, the mercy of the Lord is on those who fear Him. So I ask you again, how could it be that so little of an emphasis is placed on something that's so important? I, I've told you 
so many times, and I tell you again, this is the church I've always wanted to pastor. I love you guys. You're the greatest. You're the best. I mean, you, you speak life into me and you build me up, but y'all are the greatest people I've ever been around in my life. Y'all are excited. Man, this is a, this, this is a, this is a, a lively church. I think people join this church that, that don't even particularly like us. They're just tired of dead churches elsewhere and they just come, <laughs> they come and join this church. You guys are the best. You study the Word. You take classes on how to be a soul winner. You get involved. Sometimes we have more volunteers than we can use. This church is hungry for revival. This church is hungry for a move of God. If I've ever seen a church that truly wants to do something for the glory of God, it's this church. And a week or so back, I prayed this prayer, Lord, this is the greatest church in the world. In my opinion, it is. What's wrong, Lord? What's wrong with River of Life? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with us? What's missing? Is there something missing? And I'm telling you, the word I got from the Lord is this. The fear of God is missing at this church. That holy fear of God is missing. Lead the church in the fear of God, and you'll see revival. And I, and I shared with you last week how the Lord had re- verified that with me and confirmed that on several occasions. And, and so, so I wrote out a prayer, and I've been praying this prayer. Dear Lord, please teach me the fear of the Lord. Teach me the fear of the Lord. I'm, 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 making this journey with you. Teach me the fear of the Lord. And give me the ability to teach others the fear of the Lord. And show me how to lead river of life deep into the fear of the Lord. Amen. Friends, I'm praying for that. And the more you study the fear of God, and the more you understand it, the more you will say, Amen. This is the direction we want to go. Now, let me just say this. And we've been, we've been singing about this today. There is a spirit of fear that comes from the enemy that you and I should have no part of. And when we enter into the fear of the Lord, it breaks the, uh, the fear of the Lord, it breaks the spirit of that fear from the enemy. And I want to tell you, friends, you can give up all your worldly fears to fear one God. And, And man, how sweet and how wonderful that is. I, I said it last week, I'll say it again. Fear God and you don't have to ever fear anything else as long as you live. You, you, can just, you can just hold on to the fear of God. Now, when the Bible wants us to understand that a person does not know God, does not have a relationship with God, does not walk with God, and will one day be judged harshly by God, when the Bible wants us to know that, guess what it says? They have no fear of God. Uh, Luke 18, 2. Uh, these are the words of Jesus. There was, a certain, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God, nor regard man. What's Jesus telling us? He didn't know God. He didn't walk with God. He had no respect for the things of God. He had no relationship with God. 
You see, when you read those words, he had no fear of God. It just lets us know that he doesn't know God. Psalm 36, 1 says, Sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God at all. You see, when the Bible wants us to know that a man is wicked, it just says he has no fear at all. He's completely devoid of fear. And then in Romans, the third chapter, beginning in verse 10, we read a description of wickedness, and I want you to notice how it ends. It says, that is, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands, there is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside, they have, to get all, they have together become unprofitable, there is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb, with their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. And then just to cap it all off, just to sum it up, there is no fear of God before their eyes. You see, when the Bible says there's no fear of God in a person, that's about as bad as it gets. The prophet Jeremiah described those who once walked with the Lord and have forsaken Him as giving up the fear of God. Jeremiah 2.19 Your own wickedness will correct you and your backsliding will rebuke you. Know therefore and see that it is an evil and bitter thing that you have forsaken the Lord your God and the fear of me is not in you, says the Lord God of hosts. Now, I know this is strong language and strong teaching, but it could be the one missing piece of the puzzle. It could be the one missing piece of the puzzle that could send this church from 500 in attendance to 5,000 in attendance. It could be the one missing piece of the puzzle that could give us that breakthrough that we've been praying for and longing for for years in this church. And I think God has revealed it to me, and I'm sharing it with you. No fear, no relationship with God. No fear, no mercy from above. No fear, wickedness. No fear, forsaking the Lord, your God. Now, enough of the negative stuff. Let's get on the positive side just for a moment. What about those who do fear the Lord? What could we expect if every person in this house said, Pastor, we believe God has spoken to you. We believe this is a missing element in our lives to some degree. I'm not saying we're devoid of the fear of God. I'm just saying that we're going to enhance this. We're going to become focused on this. We're we're going to go down this pathway of fearing God. What can we expect, Pastor? What does the Bible teach us? Well, friends, there's many places in the Bible. But I want to go to just one. The New Testament church. I hear people say all the time, we should be like the New Testament church. And I agree, we should study the New Testament church. The early church, the New Testament church, had peace. They were edified by the power of God. They were comforted by the Holy Spirit. And they were multiplied. That means they started small And there was a huge, huge crowd of people. Thousands that came to Christ. Listen to Acts 9.31. Then the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified 
and walked in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were what? Multiplied. They walked in the fear of the Lord. They, they feared the Lord their God more than anybody else, more than anything else. It wiped out all the other fear, and they taught the fear of God. Acts 10, 34 and 35, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, he preached this, This is the word of God. In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears Him and works righteousness is accepted by Him. This is New Testament. This is not Old Testament. Listen again. But in every nation, whoever fears Him and works righteousness is accepted by Him. Oh, friends. On those few occasions, when I have sat under some teacher, heard some preacher preach on the fear of God, you know what they usually do? They usually take the fear of God and they begin there and they begin to water it down so that in the end, the fear of God is not fear at all. It's just respect. It's just having reverence. Well, I'm concerned about that. So I decided with this New Testament church when it said they lived in fear, what was the actual Greek word that was used when it says they lived in fear? I I have to tell you, I was shocked when I found it. Pull my definition up. You know what the word is? Phobia. That's the Greek word from which we get our word phobia. Look what it means. And I just copied this. Alarm or fright. Be afraid exceedingly. Fear, terror. Fear which strikes terror to put to flight by terrifying. Be struck with fear to be seized with alarm. That doesn't sound like just a casual respect, does it? That sounds like trembling in the presence of a holy God. That sounds like a church that had such a reverence and a fear for the living God that they tremble before Him. They were horrified at the thought of not being right with God. They understood the judgment of God. They didn't have a casual attitude about sin and about worldliness. They feared God. They had a phobia toward God. Now, you say, Pastor, is that what the early church lived in? Well, if you believe the Bible, that's what they lived in. But here, here's an amazing thing. There, there's just a, a great paradox here. And that is that they lived in a phobia of God, a fear of God. They were frightened of God. By the way, the Bible says to Christians, it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Amen. To Christians... When have we heard that kind of preaching? But you see, it it turns out, I don't quite understand this. It turns out that when they lived in a phobia of God, a fear of God, they were terrified of this holy God. They loved Him, but they were terrified of Him. It turns out that when they lived in the fear of God, guess what? The peace of God fell on them. I can't reconcile those two to live in a fear of God, and at the same time, the peace of God that passes all understanding overshadowed them. (laughs) And then it says, and He edified them. They lived in the fear of God, and that same God they were living in fear of edified them. He was building them up. 
And if it could get better than that, he comforted them with the Holy Spirit. The comfort of the Holy Spirit. They had peace. They were edified. They were comforted by the Holy Spirit. Is there some sorrow? Is there some pain? Is there some loss? Is there some hardship you're going through? Come up to me after the service and I will do my best to comfort you. But it will fall short. But when God comforts you with the Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness. That changes everything. Not only did He give them peace, not only did He edify them, not only did He comfort them with the Holy Spirit, He multiplied them. Strangest thing, I don't know, America and preachers and teachers across America have believed a lie. They've believed that if we'll soft soap it, if we'll turn it into a, a, a cotton candy gospel, if we'll make it easy and sweet and nice for everybody, the world will come. But that's just the opposite. Amen. The world's sick of that. What the world wants to know is, is there a real God? And is He the true God of your life? And it turns out, it turns out, brother, it turns out that if we will fear God, it will run people off. They'll run to us to find the presence of a holy God. They will come. Oh, how, how amazing. How amazing. You see, friends, the bottom line is this. We are to reverence God. We are to fear God. We're to live in awe of God. And we are to be terrified at the thought of leaving our God and abandoning Him. One of the great preachers of America says it better than I do. I'd like for our lights to come down and I'd like for you to see this. Here's what I think fearing God means today. I think fearing God means that God is, in your mind and heart, so powerful and so holy and so awesome that you would not dare to run away from Him, but only run to Him. In other words... Fearing God is not another requirement. It's the way you do covenant keeping. It's the way you receive Jesus. It's the way you come to Jesus. You come reverently. You come humbly. You come without any presumption that you deserve anything or He owes you anything. You come trembling or as we saw in Psalm 51, you come with a heart that is broken and contrite. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Tremble if you ever feel any inclination to leave this God. There is only destruction away from Him. Oh, how we should fear to leave the Lord. Tremble in His presence that He was so graciously. Receive us. Forgive all of our sins and make an everlasting future. So many people do not fear their carnal departures. They don't tremble.
That's John Piper. So many people do not fear their carnal departures. Can I just tell you something, friends? If you can get rid of the fear of God, if you can just focus on the love of God, if, if you can just be convinced that God loves you and He's waiting at any moment, any time you get ready to forgive you and to cleanse you, and there's no such thing as the fear of God, the judgment of God, the wrath of God, the correction of God, the discipline of God, or the final judgment of God, if you can get rid of all of that and just focus on the love of God, then you can come and worship on Sunday and you can live like the devil on Monday. You can live any way you want to. You can compromise any time you want to. Because that's not even a part of your theology. I want to tell you the devil has deceived us. Into believing that God is just a loving God. By the way, God is a loving God. And He's more loving than any one of us could even imagine. But there's another side of God and it's the wrath of God. It's the correction of God. And I want to tell you, if we want to break through, we want to see what God can do, then we have to choose the fear of the Lord. Here, I I want to read, I think this is my last scripture. It's Proverbs 1, 28 and 29. It says, then they will call on me. By the way, have you ever, and he says, but I will not answer. Have you ever had somebody to just tell you God's always there? He's always ready. God's going to always be there for you, ready to answer your prayers. God's always going to be there. He's a faithful God. All you got to do is pray. All you got to do is talk to Him. Did you know that's not biblical? That's not biblical. Look, it says, Then they will call on me, but I will not what? I won't answer. You see, friends, God will deal with our hearts. God will convict us. God will draw us. God will speak to us. But the Bible tells us there will come a day when they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Why? Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Friends, I don't want that to be said of me, do you? And it also, this, this passage reveals something to me. The fear of the Lord is not something you get on your knees at the altar and pray for, even though I think you should pray for it. The fear of the Lord is something that comes when you choose to fear the Lord. Read the Word of God, believe what it says, and then make a choice and say, I choose to fear the Lord. And I want to tell you, there's probably somebody in this house today, if you really choose to believe God's Word and you really choose to fear the Lord, you'll probably be saved before you leave this house. Amen. You'll give your heart to Christ. There's probably some Christian in this house who's living in sin right now. You're compromising in a couple of areas of your life. And you know what it is. God's already revealed it to you. You've been struggling with it for a long time. I'm telling you, you choose the fear of God and that thing will lose its grip on you because you'll be more afraid of the wrath of God than you're in love with the sin that you're dancing with. Amen. Choose the fear of the Lord. Will you choose the fear of the Lord? 
A man chooses the fear of the Lord, he'll treat his wife right. A woman who chooses the fear of the Lord will treat her husband right. A mom and dad that choose the fear of the Lord will teach their children right. I, I tell you, choose the fear of the Lord. Choose the fear of the Lord, and it moves you from wherever you are to a point where God can bless you, where He can usher you into His holy presence, where He can begin to move in your life and do a work of grace in you. We choose the fear of the Lord. I wanted to end on a positive note this morning. and So what I did is I took all the scriptures that I've already shared with you and just took those nuggets out of them. So let me tell you what we have to look forward to here at River of Life. If we were to choose to fear the Lord, I mean corporately say, okay, the Word of God says it, we choose to fear the Lord. We choose to abandon all of our other fears and fear God. Here's what we can look forward to. Now, I've taken every one of these right out of the Scriptures I've given you this morning. If we choose the fear of the Lord, we can expect His mercy to fall upon us. It really, it's kind of confusing, isn't it? So, if you don't fear God, you really have something to fear, right? And if you do fear God, you don't have anything to fear. I, I can't quite figure that one out, but you get it. His mercy will begin to fall on you. If we choose to fear the Lord, you and your household, this church, this corporate body, if we choose the fear of the Lord, then we'll begin to grow in grace. He'll begin to edify us. He'll begin to build us up. The Bible talks about God looking for those who fear Him and trust Him. He'll build us up. If we choose to fear the Lord... The peace of God will fall upon us. How long has it been since you really had peace? You see, you'd think if you choose to live in fear of a holy God, that that would mess your life up. Oh, friends, just the opposite. It'll bring peace into your life like you never dreamed. The peace of God that passes all understanding. If you choose to fear the Lord, it'll bring forth the comfort of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the living God will begin to comfort you as you fear the Lord. And I love this. Many, 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 many souls will come into the kingdom. There will be a multiplication of believers. Why? Because I'm telling you, friends, it may be hard for us to wrap our brains around it, but this county is starving for the fear of God. This county is starving for it. And and then we have... The fact that if you fear God, the chains begin to fall. Those strongholds, those strongholds. The Bible says, by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. The chains, the shackles, the prison cells begin to fall apart. And you come out of bondage because God is helping you. If we choose to fear the Lord, we'll walk into wisdom. We'll walk into knowledge. We'll walk into understanding like we've never had it in this church. And if we choose to fear the Lord, His presence, the glorious presence of God, will surround us. And by the way, if the glorious presence of God is around you because you fear God, and that's true of us as a collective body, when we come together as a body in Christ, it will be so intensified. It'll be almost breathtaking when we meet together. 
We choose the fear of the Lord. And then get this. Nothing will be lacking. Nothing will be lacking. Now, just in case you think I'm exaggerating, and I am given to exaggeration from time to time, but just in case you think I'm exaggerating, Psalm 34, 9 says, Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. Now, read that last line with me. There is no want to those who fear Him. No want. And by the way, if you go to Psalm 34 and read the next verse, it says, no good thing do they lack. God, There's something about the fear of God that ushers in the presence of a holy God. And when God's presence comes in, it changes everything. And it's enough. It's wonderful. It's glorious. Fear of God. Do you fear Him? Do you want to grow in the fear of the Lord? Great blessings. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.